Blog Talk Radio. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. Welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adults with cancer. Got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, Beauty and Fitness, and our Survivor Spotlight returning champion, Emily Hobson, Zach Efron's cousin from the Zach Gives Back campaign. Young adults of our reviewing sarcoma with their one-year cancerversary are upon us. Author Barry Henderson, a celebrity hairstylist and founder of Bits and Pieces, the author of a book called Looking Like You. And Michelle Robbins, a young adult cancer advocate from the New York City chapter of Yoga Bear, free yoga for cancer survivors. We love them. As a reminder, this broadcast is a program of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. Who would like to thank our major sponsors for making this show possible each and every week? Online at i2y.com, we're helping young adults fight cancer every day and bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because our generation deserves better. So hello, my friends, and welcome back to yet another fun, thrill, and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's stupid cancer show where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. Any stupid cancer, welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, broadcasting live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. I am Matthew Zachary, a 14-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. As always, please welcome my official partner in crime here on the show, hailing right here from New York City, 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, acclaimed journalist, former Deputy Editor of TV Guide and former entertainment news correspondent for the Fox News Channel, the lovely and talented Lisa Bernhard. Boy, it is still so Talking over my applause there. It's, it's still so hot in New York City. Gosh. I was talking to somebody. Uh, maybe, oh, it was, was it Lenny? Someone went to Darf... Not Darfur. Someone went to, like, um... um uh, What's that place in the Middle East where all the rich people go? He uh, went to Bali. Uh, no, oh, no, no, no. To, um, uh, to uh, Abu Dhabi or Dubai or something. Dubai, Dubai. And he said it was like 114 yeah. degrees at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. We, we, we're, we're, we're wussies. We got nothing going on in that. No, 
I, I think it's what well, we say. Hey, we've cracked a hundred. That ain't we did. That. We did crack a hundred. My my cell phone said a hundred and one, and we know that's gospel. Exactly. Your droid. My droid. My droid. Exactly. Droid. <laughs> <laughs> How have oh, you God. been, Lise? How's, how's your I've week been going? Great. Uh, my week's going well, and uh, I'm all about beauty and fitness tonight, as I know Jack is. Well, you're and beautiful and fit, so you fit right in. I think Jack needs to leave, though. You're very kind. Did he Can I already speak leave? before my introduction tonight? No, no, you can't, because we just mentioned Jack, and I, I suppose I'm obligated to uh, to introduce him to our chief cancer anarchist, of course, vice president of grassroots programming, uh, Jack Buffard is in the house. Jack, Jack, Jack. Hi. In the house. I'm actually... I. I'm, I've been saving my voice today because it's all about fitness and beauty tonight, and I know that I'll totally be talking about myself the entire time because I am an expert in both categories. But I need to ask you, how is it any different than any other time when all you do is talk about yourself? Um, uh, at least I'll be on topic tonight. Oh, okay, fair enough. We've actually <clears throat> we've actually um, set up weights in the studio tonight. Jack will be pumping iron. And talking through that as he bench presses 250 pounds. I actually did 12 ounce curls during dinner <laughs> of what, with my Big Pepsi Mac? cans. Yeah, no, 12 ounce right. curls. I, I figured it was a Pepsi, yeah, or a Big Mac or something. Right. No, he lifts the chalupa in the right hand, and then he lifts the the double down in the left hand. Yeah. And that's that's his that's his exercise. That's his Billy Blanks exercise for the night. Sometimes I put both of them in a blender. With, with some ice and raw eggs and raw eggs, and I just down it, and uh, you know sometimes it stays down and sometimes it doesn't. That's disgusting. And then I go to the couch and digest for the next three days. That's just not okay. Oh, you poor man. But look, look at how well it works for me. My skin is beautiful. My muscles are bulging. All right, we're not going to go. Speaking of balding, and now a segue. Uh, Jack, we'll be monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room. If you have any questions for our guests tonight, please shout them out. We'll try to get to them. But I do have to thank and welcome our, our uh, in-studio guest, the returning champion, uh, Dawn Manley, is here tonight. Uh, Dawn, uh, get some round of applause. Hi, Dawn. Hello, Dawn. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for bringing a big box of cupcakes. Yeah. You are like, welcome. Speaking of beauty and fitness. Those will be going in my blender next. <laughs> Dawn was from I-20, New Jersey, moved to North Carolina. And how's that transition been for you? It's been hot. Hot. But I are, like it hot. Are we wusses up here for saying it's yes, hot? It, you guys, it's not that hot up here. No? No. All right. The North Carolinian says it's not hot, so we have, we have nothing to say. We can't. She shamed us. That's it. She did. She shamed us. She shoe shamed us. Although yeah. I'll give you the humidity part. All right, yeah. All right, because, yeah. North Carolina is not known for its dryness. Actually, Are you on the coast? Dry. No, I'm in the Durham area. Oh, okay. So it's not. it hasn't been too humid there. Well, I have some interesting news before we get to our, our spotlight tonight. I, many of you knew I was coughing last week during the show, uh, which I, I, obviously I was sick when I did the show last week, but it turns out that I was diagnosed with whooping cough. Congratulations. What? Which is what Dwight D. Eisenhower pro- declared, you know, victory in Europe, and everyone had whooping cough. So uh, apparently the 50s are back. They bit me in the ass, and all that, that vaccine that you got wore off, which opened up this amazing door 
to people when I posted this on Facebook and Twitter to say, hey, my vaccine wore off too. I got whooping cough. I got whooping cough. It's like when you say, you know, I have twins and like you don't know anyone with twins and like now I only know people who have twins. I said I had whooping cough. Like 4,000 people have had whooping cough in their 30s and 40s. See, now I lost 50 bucks because Lisa and I bet that you had bubonic plague. I was going with typhoid and then black death, but it, it turned yeah. out to be maybe maybe rubella. That's lovely. So the rest of us have been trying to run the hell away from Matt. <laughs> this whooping cough. No, but I mean, like, contagious, think right? about it. And, yeah, I have infants. I, have in, I can't have whooping cough yeah. and have infants. They haven't, been, they haven't gotten their whooping cough vaccine that hasn't worn off yet. No, that's true. So why is it so? Do you have any explanation? Like, has anybody talked about this or written about this, that this just wears yes, off? Yes, this is the huge it, – it's, it's this big thing now that it wears off. I mean, I was inoculated in 1974, so it, it literally – it wore off, and apparently the booster shot you get wears off too. And the same thing with smallpox, the smallpox vaccine that everyone got with that giant, it's like yeah. that, that 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 like Nazi slash marker thing that they brand you with in the forties. Right. That you that wore off too. Everyone still got smallpox. Yeah. So there was a great piece written by our friend Donna Trussell on Politics Daily, also run by our friend Melissa Henneberger, about the Melinda. um <clears throat> Melinda Henneberger. Sorry. That, um, that was at least a Bernstein, I should say, Melinda, Melinda Henneberger. <laughs> that um, part of the reason, and this is really, really a, a huge debate in this country, part of the reason why these diseases are coming back are because all of these parents think getting inoculations gives you autism, which, for the record, Autism Speaks, the nation's leading autism advocacy group, now agrees that inoculations don't give you autism. Yeah, but I don't care what Autism Speaks says because Jenny McCarthy said that it does. Uh, you just, and Jenny McCarthy's breast said this, so therefore I have to listen to her. And, sh- and, sh- and she hosted that show Singled Out on MTV, and she's a very reliable Cause, Yeah, because that gives, that gives you credibility. So, Matt, to, to her, did, did Jenny McCarthy's breasts speak? Yes, they do. They have that power. Yeah, yeah and her ex-boyfriend's ass spoke in Ace Ventura. <laughs> Jim Carrey. But this is the whole debate. There's the raging debate on that all these parents have decided that they're the experts now and they're not listening to science. So all these kids are getting not getting inoculated. They're getting the smallpox and they're getting the measles and they're getting the chickenpox and they're getting you know rubella and pertussis and giving it and creating these epidemics because the the ones who did get inoculated it wears off. So anyway, just another huge topic of conversation for another, another time that people think that, you know, that whole world of science and sciencey, sciencey, scary science stuff is all a load of crap. But when the leading autism organization in the country says that there's no correlation between vaccines and autism, I would listen to them. Now, I have a question for you regarding your whooping cough vaccine. You said you were vaccinated in 1974. That is correct. I'm assuming I was vaccinated for it in 1975. Yes. So does that mean that I should get my booster shot? You got or my booster shot? Your booster shot. <clears throat> I think you should get your booster shot. After all, we were making out in the studio last Monday. so <laughs> We were. Wait, what? Well, exactly. Wait, hold on. Are we on mic right now? Yeah, we're on mic. We're oh, on the air. Crap. Go along with the booster seat that we have that he sits in. <laughs> the booster seat. Right, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so let, let's get to our first guest tonight because uh, she, she's very special. We really like her. Um, she's not on payroll, but uh, she, she does some good stuff for us. 
Um, Emily Hobson was born in Burbank uh, to Gloria and Jean, two people who met on a studio lot in Hollywood. So this is a match made in Tinseltown. She's now 25 and in remission after her one-year cancerversary from uh, Ewing sarcoma or something similar. She'll articulate. Uh, her hobbies are video games, playing piano, eating as much food as she possibly can. She helps young adults everywhere. She's really become a huge advocate for our movement. Uh, she's into filmmaking. Uh, she's now starting a support group in L.A. with us and with a group called We Spark. We're going to talk about that. She is also Zach Efron's cousin and has helped us open a door to that network and really helped drive home a huge B-shot for who we are, what we do, and why we care, and why it matters. So please welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show, the one and only Emily Hobson. Emily! Hi. Hey, Emily. Happy Cancerversary. Aw, thank you. One year, huh? One year. Excellent. It goes by so quick, they grow so fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we grow so fast, don't we? I have to ask, um, Emily, first of all, how did, your, uh, how did your fundraiser go for yourself? You threw yourself a one-woman fundraiser, wasn't that right? <laughs> yeah, my, my friends and neighbors actually threw it for me. I had very little to do with it. I tried to help out as much as I could, just, you know, because... They were all giving me money and stuff, so I sort of felt obligated. But, um, no, it, it went awesome. It was a complete success. Um, I have lots and lots of money to start paying off my school loans and my debts, and it feels really, really good. Cool. Jack yeah. had a fundraiser for himself once, but all he got was, like, rotten fruit. Yeah. <laughs> and some Legos. <laughs> that didn't even match. No, I'm, I'm not matching Legos. <laughs> <laughs> So, Emily, you, you really got involved with I2Y Los Angeles. I know you've become friends with our, our, our groupie out there, Stacey Owens, and you're owning the WeSpark relationship, which is a great – tell us about WeSpark and what you're doing with them. WeSpark is amazing. They're just a really great place for cancer survivors and people going through treatment um, to go kind of explore some different um, healing things, healing treatments, some Eastern kind of medicine, um, you know, group get-togethers, stuff like that. And, uh, like, they've got yoga – and they've got um, Qigong and all this, like, you know, really cool Eastern stuff. And um, they really didn't have much going on for us young adults. And uh, finally, I guess, I don't know who it was that brought it all up, but uh, Stacy and um, I cannot remember her name right now. That's terrible. But the woman uh, who runs uh, the Sherman Oaks Center right now got together and said, you know, we need something for the youngins out here because nothing's going on. And um, we had a really, really fun, like, kind of mixer sort of thing. We had pizza and, and soda and stuff and just got together and talked about what we wanted. And what we really want is just a place, you know. And you got the place. And now we've got the place. And, and we now... converted them to the Young Adult Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is fantastic. Yeah, and everybody at We Spark is just amazing. They're all They're pretty much all volunteers, you know, and they're just putting their time in to help us and... They're so amazing. They're so wonderful. So uh, talk to us a little about this, this past year. You've gone through the ringer. Uh, where were you in your life before you were diagnosed? Where are you now? I mean, this shows about wellness and nutrition and health and, and sort of, you know, good karma. You know, you have a whole new life ahead of you now. H how yeah. is that reconciling for you? It's changed just so much I can't even tell you. Um, I... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was in a, a wonderful place in my life. I was in a kind of a stressful place. You know, um, 
I've always been a tomboy. I've always been a T-shirt and jeans kind of girl, no makeup, nothing crazy with my hair, anything like that. And um, I really, I also wasn't into exercise or even eating very well. I was, like, just kind of on the downhill road, I have to say. And uh, cancer changed everything. Um, going through this body change and the physical and the mental changes and everything made me just realize how important it is to uh, to keep up with, yourself mentally and physically you know make sure things are make sure you're feeling good I really wasn't feeling good before this and I am now I have to say I'm feeling really good well, that's, so that's, can, that's a yeah. happy result of that it's like the cancer experience feel better about yourself yeah it's really strange how that works out screw the self-help section at Barnes & Noble yeah oh yeah I don't need that who needs that right so what do you do, Emily? What is there an exercise routine that you have or certain foods that you like to eat? Um, yeah, I'm just I'm really into vegetables now. I mean, before it was like, ew, vegetables, gross. I want like processed foods from the market, like you know, or In and Out Burger. In and Out Burger, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. In and Out is awesome. Yeah, I was just I was not eating while I was stressing out about school, and um, I I think I looked pretty terrible. I think I look pretty awesome now too. I gotta say, um, fantastic. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, vegetables, I'm just paying attention to, you know, the natural and the organic and that sort of thing and fruit and stuff. That I'm also trying a lot of things that I didn't, you know, that I didn't want to try before, that I wasn't interested in trying before, mushrooms and putting stuff into my food and my sauces and my cooking and all that stuff. So last time we spoke to you, you were talking about, because you are um, into film, your family's kind of in the business, and you're starting to be an editor. Is that right? Tell us where you are with that in school and um, professionally where you're headed. Yeah, I really want to uh, be an editor and maybe a director one day. Um, and I, I was in my last year, or well, my second to last year of school um, for May of 2009 when my cancer hit. Um, and I really I wasn't able to go back to school this year, but... I'm really hoping that spring, um, in January, I can kind of turn this around and get back to school. I've really only got, like, four or five more classes. I don't have far to go. Um, and I'm really hoping I can just get back with my counselors and my teachers and talk to them and figure it all out and, and go back. Well, the world needs more female directors, Emily, so it's on you. We're rooting I for agree. you. Yeah, Sophia I agree. Sophia Coppola be damned. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you for that. I totally agree completely. <laughs> so, um, Go ahead, Matthew. No, I was, I was going to ask you, uh, can we expect your uh, your cameo in Charlie St. Cloud? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. No, I am behind the scenes for sure. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of being in front of the camera. I suppose that, you know, I've done it a few times and I could do it, but no, that's, a, that's Zach's job, being in front of the camera, and, and mine will be behind it. And Maybe one day Zach and I will make something. We'll collaborate. Who knows? That'd, That'd be, be awesomely, awesomely fantastic. So tell us, you've, you've obviously uh, taught him about the cancer world. I mean, we love that he's, you know, that photo that we have of the two of you together is fantastic, wearing the wristbands and flipping the bird. Mm. And, uh, boy, he's been out and about with the wristband on uh, in public all over the place. Yeah, he's just been a huge supporter, you know, a, really a best friend um, my whole life and through all of this as well through the whole cancer thing and uh, he even came to my benefit I did not know that he was going to be there he surprised me he came and supported me and um, yeah he's learned you know what it's like to be a young adult cancer survivor and how tough it is and 
um, I turned him on to I2Y, and I think he's really interested in just helping out that, the young adult community, you know, with this kind of thing. It's, it's really important, and he realizes that because he's a good guy. He really is a good guy. Oh, you so know, we're tied into – I was going to say we're tied into a lot of the fan pages, his, his, like the, the three biggest Zach Efron fan page websites out there that have like, you know, 20 or 40 or 50,000 people on them. And every now and then the people that run them that I talk to send me like these paparazzi shots. Because he's always obviously, you know, he's being hounded and followed all the time. Yeah, all. Um, but all the shots, all the shots he's wearing the wristband and the shots, and no one has ever yet bothered to ask him what the hell that thing on his wrist is. I know TMZ hasn't said anything about it. I'm like looking for that. Where is that? I guess right, I, exactly. maybe I need to alert them. Maybe I need to call TMZ and say something. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's not just about Zach. It's or his abs or his great ass. It's about his wrist. Yeah. He does have a great ass. <laughs> yeah, he does. Wait, well, that's the thing. He's now he's sporting this. He's speaking of health and fitness too. He's sporting this like new hot body now that he's he's shirtless. I what was the latest magazine that showed like best beach bodies or something too. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Wait, he's the new Matthew McConaughey. Wait, Lisa, I think you're confusing Zach with Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, Jack doesn't give back. So. Jack takes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Jack Buffard magazine and the Jack Buffard movie and. Like it's a whole brand. Well, we'll do like Zach is too. We'll do like Zach and Jack, like the Odd Couple, two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Where he's like the loser, ugly one, and I'm like the pretty boy who gets all the girls. And <laughs> you know, it'd be like Entourage, except except it would be so real. Except yeah, right, <laughs> embarrassing. That'd be a nice departure for Zach, I think. So. Well, Emily, we got to get you back out here to New York. Uh, I mean, get to get you here to New York. We'd love yeah. to have you. I've I'd love never to. Been. Yeah, I know wow. you missed the, the summit this year. I know you've never been here to begin with, and I'm sorry you missed the summit. We'll have you here next year, of course, for the summit. Yes, absolutely. I would but love we got to get your butt out here somehow. I'll, I'll drive out there and pick her up. Okay, Jack will be there in about 24 hours. Yeah, leave right. now, well, Jack. I am going to Europe in uh, 24 hours or 12 hours, actually. So we'll just uh, stop by on your way. I, yeah, there you go. That's a great <laughs> idea. I'll do that. That's great. What are you going to do in Europe? I'm hanging out with my sister, and we're just gonna we're going to Scotland and Paris and London, and we're just gonna run around and make waves. And be you know, you can you can That's hammer great. out all of those in one afternoon at Epcot and Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to Disney World, actually. That would be. That would be a good. You know, we should do an I two Y Disney World adventure trip. With uh, with the tie into High School Musical. Right, exactly. Yeah, there you go. For those of us who who aren't big like on the uh, adventure camping kayaking thing, you know. Yeah, go to Disney World. Yeah, Zach Efron on the ride. There we go. You know what we'll do is we'll do like the chemo teacups. Right after (laughs) after you get your chemo, you go on the teacups, and and whoever can hold it in the longest wins the prize. (laughs) And everyone will feel much, much better afterwards. Do you like the rock and roller coaster and Space Mountain? Oh my goodness! Without your Zofran. <laughs> well, that, that sounds that sounds like a great way to celebrate your cancer anniversary, Emily. Have a have a fantastic trip. Aw, thank you. Yeah. Well, we're out of time, Emily. We'll definitely keep having you back on the show. Please keep us posted. And I know you're you're heavily involved with everything we're going on out there. I, I think it's some really, really great stuff. I'm glad you got to meet Jack in person, by the way. Um, so now you have. Yeah, she's, a, she was happy about no, that. No, no, she has a, so much more sympathy for me at this point in time. So. You know, it was a dream come true. I must say. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so for me. So thank you so much for coming back on the show. Good luck to everything. We'll keep in touch. I'll see you on Facebook. Best to your mom's had a glory for me. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks, I love you all. All right, Emily Hobson, everybody. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>
Anyway, so uh, she's awesome. I really have to Her say, kid. she is the bomb. She is diggity. owning this. Like I, that was cool that Zach came to her party. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I would have come to her party had I known about it. <laughs> There's a reason you didn't well, know about it. No, she's a great kid. Upbeat. Well, all I guess are upbeat, but. Uh, no, but she's got her shit together, and she's. I mean, she's. she's she. I don't know. I'm the. I'm just so proud when we hear stories like this. Um, yeah. And it's just really fantastic. Um, but then I'm actually not so proud when we hear stories like this, um, which is that I, I saw this today, and, and that the um, this is creating another stir. We like stories that cause stirs. Love them. Um, before Jack gets to read the news, I wanted to talk really quickly about this article that came out today, that the link between breast cancer and the environment is now official and mainstream, um, and uh, that uh, U.S. lawmakers, the president's cancer panel, and even Susan G. Komen Foundation have signed on, and that this is a legitimate connection now, and the battle will now begin between the environmentalists and then the agribusiness lobbyists. Yes, agribusiness lobbyists. So, like, what in the environment is causing it? Bad I'm going to go with the environment. <laughs> Not like trees and grass. Butterflies. Butterflies <laughs> yeah. are causing breast cancer. Unicorns, like too, perhaps. Like uh-huh. pesticides, that, you know, pesticides that people have been afraid to look at for years that everybody, lots of people still use on their grass because it doesn't give you weeds and it's too much of a pain to grow organic grass. Um, that's a biggie, and everybody's kids and dogs roll around in it for years and years and years. Uh, well, it know, says here, quote-unquote, you know, um, that, uh, that uh, the cancer is coming from under, under your feet and the soil that came from landfill that's been sprayed with pesticides. Uh, overhead in the electric transformers that hang from telephone poles, um, from uh, cellular towers, uh, mm-hmm. from dense, you know, uh, underground, like, what is that, uh, defunct underground chemical tubes. I don't know what that means, but apparently, like, old agribusiness that's been built over, like Levittown. Yeah. I, have, I have an answer for this. You heard it here. Move, move, move to Mars or move, move, wait, what's the planet in Avatar? Pandora. Move to Pandora. Right. No, no. Seriously, I have an idea. This is what we're going to do. We're going to start a movement, and how we're going to do that is we're going to take a month out of the year. It can be uh, maybe October. And what we'll do is <laughs> we'll make everything pink. We'll slap this, like, pink ribbon on everything and sell it, make billions and billions of dollars, and tell people that it's possible to get breast cancer. Thank you. Yes. Wait, wait. Is it 1988? I that's, think that's a great idea. Isn't that a great idea? I detect some sarcasm in the air. Yes, And exactly. what we'll do is we'll tell everybody but the medical community that it's important to go get a mammogram because the, the medical community is kind of up in the air as to what age you should get it. So if we just, like, storm the castle with all these young women and say, we want mammograms, we want mammograms, kind of like Donna Martin graduates. Exactly. That's well, what we'll do. Okay. We'll get we're getting back to the environmental thing. Yeah, this is I mean, the big debate is, you know, we've had some and we've had some big uh experts on our show who have said, How can this be? Because it would take years to accumulate. But I think the point is it does take it, 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 even if it does take years to accumulate, even if it's not as simple as like using one of those, you know, cell phone devices next to your head, um, you know, what are they called? I'm blanking on the name of them. Those wireless the Bluetooth? things. Bluetooth, thank Bluetooth. you. I was going to go with tinfoil hats. <laughs> or a tinfoil hat, which right. I like to wear. Yeah. Um, 
that uh, there's plenty that's, uh, like I said, I mean, the pesticides like this article talks about, kids and dogs, we've all been, you know, rolling around in it since we're little kids. I think, you know, Long Island, a couple of people, uh, I think, up on Facebook were saying, well, this article talked about women in Long Island, and there's long been evidence about that in certain areas. Um, but there's, you know, I think they've got to look at this and other cancers. I mean, I don't know why specifically just breast cancer. I mean, you've got to think it's linked to other cancers as well. But, well, uh, breast cancer gets attention, that's why. It gets well, a lot of attention. So you know what? If they start there, fine. Um, women get short shrift in other areas. So yeah. how, how, do you, uh, how, do you, how do you explain the uh, 10-year-old girl from California who had breast cancer? I know. Proximity well, to Disney World. Disneyland. To Disneyland? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She wanted the teacups too early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon of the environmental stuff. It's got to be having an effect at this we got to get Deborah Davis, Davis. I was show. just going to say that. Yeah, we got Deborah Davis on the Speaking of which, I, I, have to, I just have to make the time before we get to Jack to read the news and get to Barry. Is, is, um, I, I think I had mentioned this on, on the show last week, but my wife and I are now ascribers to uh, Dr. Harvey Karp, who's the author of The Happiest Baby on the Block. Uh, it's called Happy, thehappiestbaby.com, and I'll happily promote him. He has this amazing insight into how to um, emulate the womb for infants that are newly born and they're what he calls the fourth trimester, the three months after you're born when you're not really ready for the world but you can't quite squeeze back into your mom. It turns out he's releasing a breast cancer uh, video uh, and uh, he announced that when my, when my wife and I went to go see him two weeks ago. I, w I would have never thought to say like he'd be a great guy for the show, but he is releasing this breast cancer video, so I gave him my card. We've actually been emailing back and forth with the celebrity pediatrician and he knows Deborah Davis very, very well. Nice. And he's a huge, like, environmentalist when it comes to health care. So we're going to get him on the show this fall and with Deborah and speak of the devil. There we go. We're all over this. Can I tell everybody who Deborah Davis is? Yes, Deborah okay. Davis, and thank you for reminding me that no one knows what I talk about when I say things, <laughs> is the uh, former founder of the Center for Environmental Oncology at the University of Pittsburgh. She's the author of the award-winning book, The Secret History of the War on Cancer. And if you Google Deborah, that's Dev, D E V is in Victor, D E V R A Davis, uh, she'll be all over the place. She now runs uh, the Environmental Health Trust, which is, I believe that's what it's called, which is, again, tackling the issues of taking on agribusiness to develop real epidemiology studies that these things give us cancer and that it's not nearly as much genetic or just getting old as we thought. All right, Deborah. A real pioneer. Yep. She, you think I rattle cages, this woman gets in trouble all the time. And every time we have her on the show, it's awesome and awesome and awesome, and we always run out of time. We always run out of time. But we're going to get her on the show with Dr. Carp. I mean, we could talk about babies for all. My kids are 10 weeks old, by the way, everybody. But honestly, he's helped us be better parents, but he's helping people understand that the environment is a huge issue here. So anyway, with that said, I'm just going to cue up some, some quick music here because I want Jack to just read the news. Um, got a couple of really interesting things for Jack to mention tonight. So why don't you just start with the... Uh, yeah, so first of all, everyone's aware of our partner in crime advocacy, BFF, First Ascent, and we want to send a special shout out to our community and our radio show listeners because First Ascent is completely booked for the whole summer, so much so that they have like a waiting list of five to ten people for each camp. They do. So being that we're able to fill up First Ascent, we got a couple of retreats that we want to let you know about. First off is the 2010 Live Strong Planet Cancer Retreat for Young Adults. It's happening in Austin, Texas, 
Friday, August 20th through Sunday, August 22nd. That's a weekend in Austin, Texas, August 20th through the 22nd. This retreat is open to young adults ages 25 to 40. Enjoy a weekend among friends in relaxing, calm area overlooking the hill country of Austin, Texas. You'll have fun, eat healthy meals, and relax while talking with other young adults who get what you have been through. This retreat is both calming and relaxing. To register for the retreat, you have to go to planetcancer.org and fill out the participant application and medical forms. And they are providing travel scholarships. So head on over to planetcancer.org for more information. Or you can email retreat at planetcancer.org. That's retreat at planetcancer.org. And they're going to be posting more information regarding two other retreats soon. So we'll certainly let you know as those come our way. And the other one, and this may stir some... uh, Stir up some stuff from this last might, week. For those who listened to the show last week, this might make you want to punch kittens. Go ahead, Jack. Camp Widow. That's right. I said it. Camp Widow. When? It is August 68th. Where? San Diego, California. And who's it for? Anyone who has lost a partner, whether that's a male, female, married, unmarried, etc. Camp Widow. The registration is $375. And you can find out more information about this. Let's see. Can I give it a plug? Yes. Okay, here we go. Camp Widow is a weekend-long gathering of widows from across the country and around the world. We come together to recreate a community of people who understand the life-altering experience of widowhood. Camp Widow provides practical tools, valuable resources, and peer-based encouragement for rebuilding your life in the aftermath of the death of a spouse. So again, it's Camp Widow. It's 375 bucks. It's in San Diego. August 6th through the 8th. Can they get more information on your website, Jack? Um, that's the thing is, I don't see... I have the information. Matt has the information. Yeah. But we're going to put that in the Booth News blog, along with some other stuff, like a quick plug for something else that I just got today uh, for the Booth News blog is a gathering group for uh, a support group called The Gathering Place in Beachwood, Ohio, which is meeting the first Thursday of each month from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And uh, we're going to be updating the Booth <coughs> News blog we're going to be uh, on hiatus in August, so when we come back in September with the season premiere of the show, we're going to have everything revamped. We're going to be in a new studio. The Booth News blog is going to be completely updated. And to check out the Booth News blog, go over to boothnews.i2y.com. All right. And the last thing I just want to say real quick is we have a lot of awesome events happening around the country, and our entire calendar, along with First Ascents and everything else that's going on, is at events.i2y.com. Yep. And that's it, my friends. That's your Stupid Cancer News. Yeah. Oh, you know what? i got to do two quick shout-outs. Okay, shout-outs. First of all, we want to send some really good karma and some really awesome positive energy to our friend. Karen Diamond. To Karen Diamond in Connecticut, who uh, just got a little bit of bad news from her last scan, and it's going to have to go through more treatment. And we really thought that this was the end of it, and she was going to be on the road to great health. But she has another step along the way. So, Karen, we're thinking of you. Sending lots of love to you and Craig, and keep on rocking. And I want to send a special shout-out and a new Stupid Cancer welcome to my friend Alexandria Teachworth, who is in Connecticut. She's a cervical cancer survivor that I recently connected with Tamika. And she's actually coming to the show next week, and she'll be in studio uh, with her sister. And she was hoping to be in the chat room tonight, but she had some abdominal pain and is now texting me from the emergency room in Connecticut. So, Alex, we're sending you a lot of love, and we'll see you here next week where you can be in studio with us, and uh, you're a superstar in our book, and keep on rocking. All righty. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
All right, so let's get to our uh, let's get to our first guest here. You are listening to the Stupid Cancer Show. It is 9:36 p.m. You like that? I did the station ID. What do you know? Excellent job. All right. What about time and temperature? Time and temperature. <laughs> it's 9:36. Do you know where Jack Rapard is? And something in New York is backed up. So take a different route. Barry Hendrickson has over 30 years' experience creating custom wigs and is an expert on medical hair replacement. He is the author of Looking Like You, a step-by-step guide for medical hair replacement, and owns a full-service wig salon, Bits and Pieces, overlooking Columbus Circle in Manhattan. If he's in the AOL building, I'm going to shed myself. That's my favorite place. Hendrickson, whose elaborate theatrical wigs and fantasy hair pieces have attracted a loyal following of celebrities, including Cher... Diana Ross and Mariah Carey. He's been on The View, CNN, The Today Show, and other popular talk shows. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Barry Hendrickson. Barry. Hi. Good evening, Matthew. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for uh, for uh, for making the time. Anytime. This is great. You've got to tell us first all. So, Cher, Diana Ross, Mariah Carey, big names. How did you go to being the great wig chemo guy? Well, uh, my career started out, and I was working with the theater groups and the ballet companies, and one by one, each of those people I was working with would have people that were going through treatment. And they would say, Barry, can you uh, help this, my sister out? Can you help my niece out? Uh, and so I started working with people and really experiencing what it was to go through uh, chemotherapy and the hair loss. And um, I was full of questions at that time. Uh, wondering what comes first, what happens. Everybody has the same gut feeling that they're scared. They're more frightened of losing the hair than they are taking the treatment. So uh, after meeting with a number of young girls and women, they, uh, you know, inspired me to ask and start to, to help people understand that there is a way into this, a way to carry through it, and then coming out of it, there's a whole process in dealing with your hair. So you want to take us step-by-step step, sort of through that process, what kind of generally what well, you do when you consult with somebody? everybody wants to know is can I look like me? That's yeah. what they want. Uh, like you or like me? <laughs> Pardon me? Like you, like, like you, you must Barry? be a good-looking guy if everybody wants to look like you. I'm sorry, by themselves. They, they <laughs> ask to look like themselves. Oh, see, so right. now I did the complete opposite. I said, Doc, this isn't working for me. You get... I see. <laughs> make, uh, so me, make me fat and bald. By outlining the program and understanding why your hair comes out, it's very, um, it's very inspiring because uh, once you know the avenue in which you're going to go, uh, and through looking like you, we outline every step of the way um, that you can handle the situation. And the first question everybody wants to know is, am I, I going to wake up and find all my hair on the pillow? And that's not necessarily how it happens. It starts out very slowly. And then um, there are uh, different approaches. Today's wigs are much more beautiful than ever. They're blended with many colors, so they're very real and natural looking. And so it's possible to recreate your own look. So what do you su- do? You suggest that people go ahead and shave their heads, or you know, how do you do? You take a look, and you know, you try to actually um, get their exact hair texture, color, to make them look exactly like themselves. Kind of walk us through this a bit. Okay. When, you, when the girls come to me, I like to see them 
uh, before the treatments begin. This way we see the texture of the hair color and, and the, uh, the curl pattern and how much hair is actually on the person so that we can actually look for something that resembles this. Now, many support people and groups tell the girls to cut their hair short because it's easier when you lose your hair. This is not the way I believe. I believe that by changing your look puts you in sort of like a stunned category where, you know, if you hold off until the last minute before you, uh, you remove your hair, then when you make the switch, nobody really notices this. And there are several ways of doing this. Um, usually when the treatments start, it's the second treatment when your hair starts to react to this. And by that time, it gives you enough time to find a hairpiece replacement, and you're, wherever you go for this, you can uh, set up an appointment for that at uh, the time when your hair is reacting to the treatment. And then you can go back to these people, and they'll help you by giving you a buzz cut. And then they fit the wig for your head, teach you how to put it on, how do I secure it, all of these steps are outlined in Looking Like You, and each chapter unfolds the whole process. So obviously you had enough, um, talk about the book, I mean clearly you had, as you were saying, you had enough people that came to you that were looking for um, advice in this area, and it's interesting because, you know, we hear stories where some people, we just, Matt and I just heard a story the other day from a woman who had a brain tumor who said, you know, to the nurse, am I going to lose my hair? And the nurse said, oh, honey, you have bigger problems to worry about than that. Sort of in sense to the fact that, yes, people are often faced with life-threatening uh, situations, but they want to look and feel like themselves, to your point, and sort of keep a level of normalcy um, to their lives. Exactly. That's why when people come in and they say, oh, try on uh, a red wig, try on... Uh, you know, a blonde. I've always wanted to see what, maybe you should have some fun with this. And when this happens and the people buy colors and styles that are not really what they're used to, they inevitably come back, you know, all upset. This is not me. I, I have to look like me. That's why the book is called Looking Like You. Yeah, because of course, I guess there, you, there are all types out there. Some women are, you know, uh, proud to, and men, proud to be bald and lose their hair, and we support that, or we support if you're going to you know, have a purple purple hair and have fun with it. There's kind of all sorts of, you know, it's, it's obviously a personal choice. Well, we have fun in the second fitting, and that's when we remove the hair because often, you know, we'll make mohawks and t the kids will take pictures and they make a fun event out of it. They make it an event instead of a tragedy. Uh, I always say to all the girls, when the hair is starting to release and to happen, you have to feel good about it because that's what the side effect is supposed to do. This is one of the side effects. That means your your treatments are working. That's well that's a good point. That's a good that's a good way to view it. Instead of uh, and it's a temporary thing. It's not it's not something that uh, you're going to have to live with the rest of your life. You know, Unless you're me because my hair never grew back. <laughs> Pardon me? Unless you're me because my hair never grew back. <laughs> <laughs> well that 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 can happen too, I guess. So very uh, you know the points of, uh, that are outlined in the book are, is the care and maintenance of how to take care of a wig. Now, there are three basic types of wigs that you can go looking for. One, the first is a synthetic wig. Today's synthetic wigs are very lightweight, very natural looking, the curl, the amount of hair. They even have hairlines now, like lace. Uh, lace creates a natural hairline. 
So uh, at every price range, they're affordable and look wonderful. So synthetic is the first uh, group. The second is a blend, which is 50% natural hair, 50% synthetic. And you might say, well, what good is this? Because the synthetic hair has a memory curl, so the style stays in longer and it's easier to manage. So they're called blends. And then we have natural hair. Today's natural hair wigs are totally undetectable. And uh, most girls today know how to use curling irons and flat irons and blowers. So they're, they're very easy to fix it exactly like their own hair. So there I, are many things yeah. available. And also you have to remember that your comfort time is not in the wig. It's when you get home after a long day and you take it off and you say, but how can I feel comfortable and not feel as if I'm, you know, standing out. So we have a, a section in my salon called Option Wear, and these are things that you fill up on uh, with uh, their tied bandanas. We have some great wrap, head wraps, and uh, wonderful caps that slide on easy. These are all for comfort, so that you can walk around and feel very comfortable when you're not having your hair on. That's uh, interesting. So you've got a, a full supply there. So what are de what's just the basic from the synthetic to the natural hair? What's the price r range? these days well roughly. synthetic wigs you can find from 150 to 200 dollars and uh, they're all over and the manufacturers today really have made some wonderful pieces so that they're very natural and you can take care of them yourself you can wash them yourself uh, there are some points to them that you should understand on, and and if it doesn't fit correctly then it's not going to look proper so you got to make sure that the fitting is correct there are adjustment tabs on the inside of these wigs, and there's uh, some wonderful tape pads pre-sewn in so that you can tape your hairpiece down so you don't have to worry about getting on that motorcycle and running and having your wigs flow off. Mm -hmm. so look, I want to back up a bit. So tell us about, again, um, your sort of history in the entertainment business. and, and uh, it's, So you've, it's, you've had Cher wear your wigs, some oh, of these yes. big names? Uh, I, did, I was working with Cher in the 80s with the Spike uh, punk wigs. Sure, famous uh, look. You remember her commercials with Jack LaLanne and all of that. Uh, so it was the Tina Turner era where everybody wanted to spike up the hair. I know, yeah, I, I did. I started working with Cher there <laughs> and various other celebrities. And uh, right up into working with big road shows where they put on huge theater shows that go all over the country. I was designing the, the hair for that and making the wigs for that. Didn't you do Las Vegas Showgirls as well? I, that's how I started out, actually, into the wig business. I was working in Vegas as a hairdresser, and I ended up working with a lot of the uh, showgirls from the different casinos. And, so you're, uh, very, you're, you're very good at big hair, I would guess. Yes. Working with the B-52s gave me my beehive ability. That, isn't that, now this is, aren't you responsible for the, uh, the Love Shack video, Beehive Hairdos? Yes, yes. I was working with Kate Pearson at that time. With uh, when the B-52s had their second come around. That's great. And that's, yeah, it was a lot of fun meeting these crazy musicians. They're just wild people, you know, and they enjoy life. The Love Shack video. That's um, that was a big one. That and that our audience knows well. Correct. And I've worked with RuPaul since 1991. Oh my I, God, I love RuPaul. <laughs> a terrific guy. Very very warm and loving individual. I started making his, his wigs in 91 uh, when his first uh, career started to jump. You weren't there when he got into it with Milton Berle, were you? Actually, no, I wasn't there, but he was wearing my hair. 
That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Rue has been a good client for over the years, and recently in his new show on Logo is uh, is a real big hit, so we're doing a lot of hair for him lately. RuPaul's Drag drag Show or whatever Correct. it is? Correct. Awesome. Fantastic. Yes. But I've had the privilege of <clears throat> working basically with all the celebrities that I grew up loving. Diana Ross, I mean, I, I, I idolized her when I was a kid. Uh, you know, and so to come up and actually work with people like her and Mariah Carey, who is a loving individual, a wonderful lady. So you know the secret to every big star scalp. You know who's got flakes, <laughs> who's oily. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I've worked with a number of celebrities because they have to be on in a matter of minutes. So it's 24-7. They have to be available, and their looks and everything have to happen. So they've been wearing wigs for years. Of course, that the best it. wig ever in show business is Hannah Montana. I'll say. I had a young girl going through treatment. She was about 11 years old. And uh, I asked her how she felt about wearing her wig. And, and as I was making it, and she looked up at me and she said, Well, Hannah Montana, Montana wears them. I can look forward to it. There you go. Aww. That's it. Touched by that. That's fantastic. She's, she's really helped the kids understand that, yes, you can have your look and have fun with it, too. In, a, in my book, there's a chapter for young people as well, uh, how to pick and select a wig for uh, a teenager, for example, or younger. So that's ba- amazing, yeah. Barry, do, do you get a percentage of men at all, or are you, you like 95% female? We're 100% female. Oh, well, there you go. In mixing men with women in my salon, I feel the women get uneasy, and so do the men. So many years ago, I, I really specialized in only women. Well, there you go. I think you know, wigs are kind of... We rooms so that the stylist can work with you and create and do. But, you know, they're still running around the shop picking out hair and everything, and they have been just buzzed or they don't have any hair. So I like to make it very comfortable for everybody. Are you in the Time Warner Center, Columbus Circle? I'm right opposite, right opposite the Time Warner building on 60th Street. Oh, excellent. So I face it. Okay. The entrance to the uh, Jazz Theater, Lincoln Center Jazz Oh, Center. sure. Of course, of course. Yes, we've been there for about twelve years now. So, you, was the uh, what was there before the uh, the jazz, the Time the Warner Center? The Coliseum. Yeah, I went to the car show there when I was three years old. I, that's, yeah. that's all I remember about it. But yeah, I like yeah, the yeah, AOL Center better. Place for the time, yeah. but the Time Warner is really gone over the limits. I mean, it's just a beautiful building. Oh, oh it's gorgeous. fantastic! It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this is great to have. Any other uh, any other anecdotes that come to mind of yours that when uh, working with them, and particularly with cancer patients and fitting them with wigs, that struck you over the years? Well, confidence is the whole thing. The first thing I do is look into the client's face, into their eyes, and say, "You can do this. All you have to do is put one foot forward. Understand that during this time, you become an illusionist, and the illusion is you." You know, some many people have asked me, how is it, you know, uh, working with celebrities versus working with people going through treatments? And I say, well, you know, everybody's a star, and life is our stage. So everybody gets treated the same as far as I'm concerned. See, like any good hairdresser, you're also a shrink. <laughs> I work on the inside of the head as well as the outside. There you have it. Well said. There you go. Well said. Okay. Well, I really want to thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to have to come visit you now because AOL we Time Warner are. building. It's like a get magnet. a wig. Yeah, I'm going to get a wig for myself. Please do. Please do. 
But Barry, if you ever end up going back to Vegas and working with showgirls and you need an assistant, I'm glad you work for free. I'll cover all my own expenses. You don't have to feed me. I'll take care of it all myself. Well, listen, uh, my book is available on Amazon.com, and my website is packed full with knowledge and free downloads as to what to do first, second, and third with the wig. It's called LookingLikeYou.com. LookingLikeYou.com. Barry Henderson, thank you so much. Good luck to you. Thanks, Barry. Have a wonderful thank summer. You, thank you, everyone. Okay. Barry Henderson, everybody, looking. What was the website? I said it before. I don't know. My look, head's in looking Vegas like, right no, now. It was LookingLikeYou.com. Jack is on a, on a dopamine rush. I'm thinking of, uh, thinking of Elizabeth Berkeley. Showgirls. Elizabeth don't think Berkeley. about that, Jack. Don't think Jesse about that. Jesse Spano dancing it. Shaking it in Vegas. That's just yeah, not okay. Yeah, focus on the show at hand. Focus on the show at hand. Well, I'm, I have to. I quick something to read. Um, let's see here. Let's see if we get there. Let's cue this up. How appropriate. This is a reminder to everybody out there in listener land that the I'm Too Young with This Cancer Foundation is working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society on some young adult programs online. They have a program called the YA Connect Chat, which is a weekly online forum for young adults. And yes, it's the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, but you do not have to be a survivor of leukemia and or lymphoma to participate. This is for all young adults affected by all cancers every Tuesday evening, 8.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. What's the website? LLS.org slash YA Connect. That's LLS.org forward slash YA Connect. I will be moderating one of their sessions in the next couple of weeks. We'll be sure to let you know. But every week, check back with us for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's YA Connect program, a weekly online forum for all young adults affected by all cancers. Thank you to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society for bringing this to the community. And with that said, it is now time to bring out our final guest. You are listening to the Stupid Cancer Show. It is 9.54 p.m. Michelle Robbins started the New York City chapter of Yoga Bear, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to health and wellness by providing free yoga classes for cancer patients and survivors, a lifelong cancer advocate and avid yoga enthusiast, and a full-time grad student. We love full-time students. Michelle's passion to make a difference in healthcare has inspired her to expand Yoga Bear's mission by starting the Healing Yoga Project. Michelle is partnering with several hospitals in New York City and soon will be partnering with us to offer free yoga classes to those who clearly need it most. Please welcome to the Super Gifts Show, Michelle Robbins. Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, the queen was in town this week, so we had to go, hello. Oh, I thought you were Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Michelle. I'll say it in a regular Hi. voice. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello there. We are stoked to have you on the show. I love Yoga Bear. Ever since I met Hallie back in the... Uh, Hallie Teco, the founder of Yoga Bear, one of them. I love Yogi Bear, too. Shut up. In the summer of 2008, I met this gorgeous young woman from San Francisco, a brilliant, like, Silicon Valley startup intellectual. She's like, oh, yeah, we do free yoga for cancer patients. What? So I love what you guys do. We so want to do that here in New York. Talk to us about how you got involved, what you guys do, and uh, what you've accomplished in such a short period of time. 
So, you know, we actually do have a yoga, uh, yoga bear in New York. Um, we have a, a chap, full chapter. We, are, we have two projects. We have the Share Mat campaign where we go out to local yoga studios and get gift certificates from them, and then we distribute them to cancer survivors. And they're given to cancer survivors who normally can't afford yoga because yoga is pretty pricey in New York City. Um, and so we've been doing really well with that, and we've definitely helped couple thousand uh, cancer survivors uh, get access to all different studios in um, all the boroughs of New York. And now we're um, starting up the Healing Yoga Project. So we're going into uh, hospitals in New York City and we're saying, hey, we'd love to bring you weekly yoga classes to your outpatients um, because we feel that providing yoga to that specific population is a great idea as, you know, a complementary treatment um, on top of chemo and radiation and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, we have started um, at Mount Sinai and Maimonides Cancer Center in Brooklyn, and we've been offering weekly classes, and it's been going really well, and we've been having really positive feedback, and our numbers keep improving as the weeks goes on, which is really exciting for us. And we, we work with 25 cancer centers within the 20-mile radius of New York City, so we really want to let them know that you exist. So we'll be having offline conversations about getting building a deeper relationship with you guys. It's just, I've never done yoga. My wife did hot yoga once, nearly died, and I, I don't think she's going back anytime soon. But I do, I, I do hot give... hot yoga, you, you mean Bikram yoga? That's yeah. The, the hot yoga, right? Like yeah. 185 degrees. Yeah. That's yeah, a tough I, one. Yeah, I, I, she did it. I was like, you gotta ease yourself into yoga, sweetie. No, she, she yeah. did. Went to their hot yoga first. Like, I'm never doing this again. I give. She went to the so black much, belt. Wow. Yeah, she, she just like zero to sixty in a half a second. That's what she did. But I give so much credit to people who can do that. First of all, who can bend to begin with. But then <laughs> bending in 180 degrees is is just beyond my comprehension. You can probably pick things up on the floor, Matt. Right. I used to be able to pick things up on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Before puberty. <laughs> well, you'll be picking your kids up when they start crawling. No, yeah. I, well, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. 105 and 40% humidity. That's Dubai, isn't it? Huh. So go to Dubai and do yoga. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Michelle, I mean, can you can you talk to us a little bit about yoga? Yoga's had such a resurgence lately, but particularly for cancer patients, that obviously they want to feel good, they want to feel well. How does that sort of work as um, a great piece in terms of complementing their treatment in 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 your opinion um well i mean based on there's been a lot of research done um talking about yoga and then you know com as a complementary uh therapy for cancer survivors saying that you know yoga can improve your mood and well-being and counteract stress it's you know physiologically it's reducing your heart rate heart rate and blood pressure it's increasing your lung capacity it's improving your muscle relaxation um and then you know uh psychologically it's helping with anxiety, depression, insomnia, um, and, I mean, it, it increases flexibility and strength. I mean, which are all great things if, you know, you're undergoing chemo radiation. You know, these are they're definitely awesome tools that you'd like to have in your toolbox while you're undergoing these treatments to help build you back up. Absolutely. And so you're obviously finding places just incredibly receptive more and more to yoga specifically um, in terms of, you know, directing their patients in that way. Yes, definitely. Um, hospitals are slowly becoming, um, at least from what I can tell right now, uh, hospitals are slowly becoming receptive to the practice of yoga. It's kind of still an alternative medicine, but especially in New York, you know, doctors are getting much more hip. Um, we're, yoga Bear is really big on education. We've went into some hospitals, and we've talked to doctors and talked to nurses because, you know, those are the advocates for patient care, and you have to get to them first to, you know, have them be our champions to advocate for these alternative services. 
Right. I guess the only thing would be if it's tough wear, similar to the the Barry who we were talking for, talking to before. You know, when somebody loses their hair, you can occasionally get that person or that nurse who says, you know, you have bigger problems than that, and maybe that would be something that you would occasionally run up against. Where it's like, okay, let's just you know, let's just worry about not dying or whatever. You know, before you get into the uh, get into the yoga, but hopefully that's happening less and less, and recognizing that all these kind of treatments have to go hand in hand. Absolutely. Would you also, because we talked about Bikram as the hot yoga, are there certain types like Ashtanga? I don't really, I've done yoga, but I don't, I'm not really well versed in describing the different types there are. Is there one type that's better than another for somebody who's going through treatment? Um, so I'm going to be honest with you, I am not the yoga expert either. I've probably actually just been practicing yoga for about a year, but I've definitely dabbled in a couple different types. Um, for the, the type of yoga that we're offering um, survivors and people who are in treatment is more of a Hatha-based yoga, um, and that's it's like an easy-to-learn basic form of yoga um, that's become you know very popular in the U.S. It in- incorporates asanas, which are postures, um, regulated breathing and meditation, um, and it's it's just a c- complete system that can be used to achieve enlight- enlightenment and self-realization, and um, it's really easy for the most part on the body, and it can really help you know um, attain that calm meditative state. Um, we try we don't do anything like Bikram yoga you know in the heat. I mean we're not trying to kill people, we're trying to help them. So we don't do anything that's too strenuous. And like uh, Ashtanga is also um, a very strenuous type of practice. Um, but we, we try, you know, more for the breathing and the meditative and um, light movement. And in the hospitals, you know, we, uh, the instructors that we put in there, they're all highly specifically trained to work with cancer survivors. So they're aware, you know, someone might have had, you know, a, a tube here and sort of their, you know, muscle strain here. They're aware of all these t- kinds of issues. And they restructure their class according to, you know, potential disabilities that patients have. That's great. And, and hopefully... If they can't always make it to a class, at least I would think give them some tools for some um, positions or breathing exercises that they can do in their own home. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, every week our instructors actually sometimes give homework assignments and um, handouts um, of pictures and, you know, different breathing techniques and things that they can do while they're at home. Because since we are only offering a class once a week, you know, maybe they want to do something on their own at home, and they surely can. So we definitely provide extra resources. And on the Yoga Bear website, um, we also have additional instructional videos that people can look at if they wanted to, you know, try a couple new moves um, at their discretion, of course. So, so what Go ahead. I was going to, Michelle, have we reached a point yet? <clears throat> we talk about this all the time. When it, it or, or is it fair to expect that we might reach a point where a person is in treatment for cancer and that particular cancer center um, is aware that there's more to surviving cancer than chemo and that they have built into their sort of literacy or patient understanding, you might want to consider yoga. Is there a system in place now where that is happening more frequently, or do groups like yours really have to go there and, you know, almost bitch slap them and say you really need to start doing this for your patients? Um, in my opinion, I think we really have to go there and start bitch slapping them because we've definitely approached some hospitals and they kind of looked at us like yoga, like why are we going to waste our time on that? We're busy giving chemo because, you know, chemo makes money and, right. and you know, medicinal treatments, obviously. But, I mean, I think the the whole aspect of curing cancer, yes, you should go and get chemo, but there's the mind, there's the body. I mean, if if you don't have that will, then you're not going to get there. And, I mean, I think, you know, yoga provides that. It really, it, it's an integral part of surviving cancer. But, 
Hospitals, it just depends on the hospital. Um, some are getting more hip to it. Some you really just have to beat them over the head with a stick. Um, but they are starting to listen more, So, I mean, which is good. So what can, what can survivors um, out there do to get involved with Yoga Bear? Um, well, so if you're an actual survivor, then um, we have that Share a Map program. So on our website, um, survivors can go and fill out an application form, and then we can pass along um, passes to a studio um, in the five boroughs of New York City and so that they can try out yoga. And typically we give out passes that would be anywhere from like five classes to almost six-month unlimited passes. It just kind of you know, depends on the pick and what we um, have available. And then in terms of the hospital programs, we're currently only allowing um, patients of the out, uh, out, I guess, outpatients of that particular center to be able to participate in our uh, yoga classes just for legality purposes. I mean, at some point, we really do hope to expand and be able to open it to the public um, in general because, I mean, it would just be better. But that's, it's all baby stuff, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, but you guys are nationwide, right? So outside of New York City, where a lot of our listeners are, um, they can they can fill out the application, and then you would refer them to yoga centers. What do you have, 140 or so that you're connected with nationwide? Is that right? Um, yeah, I believe Yoga Bear has over. Um, I know you're just New York specifically, yes, but yeah, Yoga Bear. I mean, at least, I think has at least 25 chapters nationwide. I mean, New York alone has over you know 60 studios in the area. Um, but yeah, they they can just fill an application regard you know in in whatever city they're in if we have a chapter there, and we're very happy to try and help them find some passes to get them in some classes. That's great. That's such a cool idea, Matthew. Are you? We've we've got to get you. Um, we've got to. You know? No, no, and no. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even care what you were saying. The I do not no. want to see Matt sweating in a pair of ball huggers on a yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, I, I I go sometimes on a Sunday and do yoga with my 71 uh, year old neighbor, uh, who's a male, Walter, a lovable Walter, um, who God help him, he gets himself. He he can't do all the poses all the time, but uh, he's a trooper and he tries. And you he feels what? great, and actually he goes more than I do. <laughs> All right, well, I'll throw this into the shuffle. He feels so good. I'll throw this into the shuffle. How does someone with utter, undeniable attention deficit disorder do yoga? Because you have to focus and relax and clear your mind. For 20 years since I was 16, I have been unable to clear my mind because for some reason in high school I was able to clear my mind. And then when I turned like 18, I, I, I am incapable. I, I did meditation once after I was sick. The hospital sent me, said, you should go do this. I fell asleep for 45 minutes in that room, and everyone made fun of me for snoring. Well, at least you <laughs> fell asleep. At least you were relaxed enough to fall asleep. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Xanax is my yoga. Is that, was that fair? <laughs> See, Matt will only go to a yoga studio that has Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be using my droid while I'm in double dog down or whatever Matt's, it is? That's going to be tweeting. <laughs> my ankles are in my ears right now. <laughs> That's pretty true. That's fairly accurate. I'm licking the sweat off my ankles. Ping.fm. Ouch. Hashtag. Oh, shit. Hashtag. This is not supposed to go there. Hashtag. Paging Dr. Gumby. <laughs> not a pretty picture. I swear, not a pretty picture. <laughs> okay. We're supposed to be promoting fitness and beauty. I know. <laughs> Can we talk about yogurt instead? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, there's a pink berry next to the studio that Barry works at. So. <laughs> Better than a Krispy Kreme, I suppose. Yeah. No, you just gave Jack a hard on. And you, you know what else is across the street from Barry's office is a landmark home of the Yummy Caramels. Oh, <laughs> landmark restaurant? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Obviously, obviously we've, devolved, we've devolved our conversation. Okay, back to yogurt. Back to yoga. <laughs> yes, I, I watched Jackie two yogurts yesterday. Anyway, no, back to your notes. <laughs> That was my appetizer. That was an appetizer. Um, Jack, have you done yoga? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. But okay. you know what? In all honesty, when I was in massage therapy school, we had, like, meditations, and we did some yeah. yoga, um, most of which I kind of just, like, looked around the room and was like, okay, when's this over? Or she looks good in that position. Oh, oh no. Don't do that. So, Don't Michelle, what, I mean, what kind of stuff have you gotten back from? Have, have you gotten sort of great testimonials from some of your um, – some of your patients and folks who've come, been a part of Yoga Bear in, in New York? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, we've got all different kinds of <laughs> feedback. You know, some people saying, you know, wow, I can actually survive going grocery shopping for an hour. I can climb a flight of stairs. Um, they've gotten, they've just increased in flexibility. They started playing other sports, like yoga was kind of the gateway to get them into running or getting back in the shape. Um, I'd say the most memorable one was when I was at the hospital and um, a woman came up to me and said, thank you, thank you, my sex life has improved tenfold since I started doing yoga. So apparently, <laughs> so apparently something's working there. All right, you knew the, you knew the key words to, uh, to try to rope in Jack and Matthew here. Yeah, but I'm not going with your 71-year-old neighbor. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I know you want to go with Matthew, the two of you together. I don't know him that well. We've come if, full circle. You know what? If there's a fundraising effort involved with it, if it's like you know, like Dunk Matt, you know, like a at like a uh, some sort of festival, but it's like watch Matt do yoga, but we'll pay a hundred bucks per, per team. It'll be like a pay-per-view event. <laughs> <laughs> 1995. Right, right, exactly, exactly. It's like Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies in the background. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Not. I could keep going all night. Yes, so you start, really start could. Start talking, yeah. people. Just, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, well, well, Michelle, what's the website, first of all? Uh, www.yogabear.org. Yogabear.org. Is there a yogabear.com that goes to a porn site? I would really hope not. You should check that because, you know, whitehouse.com goes to a porn site. Does Uh-oh. it really? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, I was just curious because, like, it, it just seems like something that someone would love to co-opt. So kudos on getting the uh, grabbing that domain. How many years have you guys been around? Um, I believe Tally started in about 2005. I've been on since 2007. So. And how'd you get involved in the beginning? How'd you meet Hallie? Um, Hallie and I actually um, are both from Ohio. We went to high school together. Um, and when both went our separate ways in college, and I just, uh, re- you know, was stalking her on Facebook one day and read about the organization. I was like, you know, it's cool. I want to get involved, and I brought the chapter to New York, and then we just kind of blew up after that. So. But you're in D.C. actually. Um, yeah, I'm currently in D.C. I'm at uh, Georgetown University. I decided, um, actually, after I started doing the nonprofit stuff, I got really interested in nursing, so I'm going back to become a nurse. That is fantastic. So you could be one of those nurses that actually does what the other nurses aren't doing, which is tell their patients about yoga. Exactly. Instead of you know um, eating donuts and smoking cigarettes in the background, <laughs> I'll actually be doing the yoga. So that's the, I, you know I, I I mentioned I had a whooping cough uh, last week, and I actually went to the emergency room in Staten Island, and there were people nurses outside the emergency room smoking. I found that absolutely hysterical Neat. and sad at the same time. I wouldn't even want a nurse working on me that smells like smoke. Yeah, like they got to go back into the ER and, and take care of people. And I'm sorry, Tic Tacs only cover so much. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
Well, I got to tell you, I mean, are people allowed to smoke while they're doing yoga? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that I've seen. Yeah, if you're doing the hot yoga and it's all misty and disgusting, like Indonesia and Thailand, will you know if there's cigarette smoke in there anywhere? I'm pretty sure you would. Yeah. yeah okay. It doesn't get misty. It's just hot. We can put the jack yeah. to interject that component. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, well this anyway. is a great organization. We love Yoga Bear. That's just a very cool thing that you guys do. And we have we have someone moving to New York um, to become a volunteer activist for us, and she is a professional yogi, yogist. What do they call them? Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear. And, yogi uh, Bear, there you go. <laughs> right. So, But she wants to totally work with you and spearhead some stupid cancer yoga events with you guys. I'd love to connect you with some more of our hospitals. They're always looking to partner with us on great things. There, there's so much we could do here together that's all good stuff. And who knows, I might lose a bet and actually do it. Oh, I'd love to see that. We all would. That would be the special event of the season, though. We we sell tickets. Can we get that like videoed in 3D HD? <laughs> Will you stream it? <laughs> that could be a fundraiser. Uh, it's a fundraiser. Watch Matt try yoga. Dot com. Are hecklers there. allowed to be there? Right. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being on the show, Michelle. We love Yoga Bear. I look forward to meeting you. Have I met you? Because I always say that. I don't think I've yeah, met you. Yeah, we, we actually did meet like a couple we, years back. Oh, years back in like San Francisco or something? No, in New York, in about I think like 2007 or something. All right. Yeah, I forget yeah. everything, but I, I look forward to seeing you yeah. again. There we go. Matt reintroduces himself to his kids every time he gets home. <laughs> and it wife. happens. It's okay. And his wife. And my wife. Yeah. Hi, Jess. Yeah. I'm your husband. It's like yeah. Memento. It's I'm Guy Pierce in Memento. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> All right, thanks, All right. Michelle. It's been great. All right, Michelle. Michelle Rollins me. from Yoga Bear. Thank you so much for being on our show. The chat room loved that. The chat room did love that. I'm telling you, I like I like the idea of yoga. I've always wanted to do it, and um, what what a great way to sort of bring that in. I'd like to see you in tights. No. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. No, men in tights? No, not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Not happening. I Although I used to own bicycle shorts, and that was not a pretty sight. So. That's close, yeah. Yeah, not, not, not going to happen. All right, good show. We got wigs, <sighs> we got yoga, we got Emily Hobson and I Zach. think we can, we can tie the whole show into itself by having Matt do yoga in drag. <laughs> With Zach Efron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a reality show. Yeah. Singing All right. musical songs. Yep. Anyway, this was a good All show. Right. This was a great show. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Uh, I guess we'll see you back here next week. Thanks yeah. to our listeners in our chat room, guests. Is next week our season finale? No, no. We have two more, two, two more, three more shows. Oh, I don't know what they is. I think we have two or three yeah. more shows. I forget. I think it's two more. Two more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jack. Um, and now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks, that's tonight's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. I'd like to thank our guests live in studio, Dan, Dawn Manley, 
Our guests, Emily Hobson, Barry Hendrickson, and Michelle Robbins. Next week's show is all about Cause World, the fundraising app that is changing the game in social media. In our Survivor Spotlight, Jason Malott, young adult survivor of undifferentiated soft tissue sarcoma. He runs I2Y Florida first with, uh, with our friends Eric Arias and Jeff Pates. And Syriac Redding, the co-founder and CEO of Shopkick and Causeworld, will be our exclusive guest for an all-out battle of social media wits. If you missed any of our previous shows, check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Or search for Stupid Cancer on the iTunes Store and subscribe for the podcast. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week live from the chemo deck. Jack Bufard, Lisa Bernhard, Amanda Freeman, Captain Stooping, and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, Kai Tolberg. Fokker out. Welcome